Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, before we get started with today's summer short, uh, whatever you're doing, whether you're listening to us for the first time or you've heard us before, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and leave us a review too. Let us know what you think of the podcast because that all helps to pick us up in podcast land, doesn't it, Claire? Now, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. At the time of recording, you're about to go camping for the second time. And I can't think of a person <laughs> I would least expect to be camping. Why? And you're doing it again. But why does everybody say that? And I'm laughing because this morning I actually purchased some new nail varnish. (laughs) What, to take camping? To do my nails before we go, yeah. You know no one's going to care about that, don't you? Well, I do, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. So, yeah, I've got... uh, So far, I have two things packed, well, apart from the nail varnish. Um, I have gin... And I have blankets. <laughs> I don't think you're going to need anything else, do you? Well, I don't think so. You know, I travel light. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of people say that. They can't see me camping. And I don't really know why. But I'm not going to take the straighteners this time. I took them last time and I kind of didn't have enough plug sockets to plug the hairdryer and the straighteners in. And I nearly fused like the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> you took hair straighteners camping? Yeah. And I nearly blew the fuse. Because I had too much plugged in and I got really told off. So, uh, yeah, I won't be taking this straight. Where do you, so where would you even plug them in? You're in a field. There's a, so, yeah, communal toilet. So I, I, I close my eyes and uh, go and use those and have a shower and then race back, <laughs> uh, shower cap on, and then go and hide in the tent. And then I've got a, a, a wardrobe, a, an actual camping wardrobe. And on the top, I have all my cosmetics and my mirror and everything. See, now in my world, those are two words that really don't belong together. Why? What's that? Communal and toilets. Oh, I know. When I said it, it got kind of stuck in my throat. But yeah, we're gonna. Oh no, that's oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move so, on, shall we? During the month of August, we are releasing some mini episodes where we will be answering some of the questions that have been put to us from our listeners. Got one from Sandra Isaac in Brighton here, who sent us a little email. Okay, let's hear it. She says, hi, Paul and Claire. Hi, Sandra. Hello, Sandra. I'm leaving my job. It's nice to be polite, isn't it? I'm leaving my job at the end of this month and aim to take the leap and start my own business as a private maths tutor. Little round of applause for Sandra. Absolutely. Although I'm excited, I'm also scared stiff of what might happen if I fail and I wind up working back at school. Do you have any advice for me so I can shut up that little voice in my head that's telling me not to jump? Wow, that word failure is um, a big one. It's a big one. So when you're so fearful of failing at something, unfortunately, sometimes it can stop us in our tracks. So I would often ask a question to people, what is their definition of failure? And indeed, what would it look like to you if you did? Because sometimes thinking about it, we can create outcomes that actually aren't even there. So if we remove ourselves away from the outcome and actually focus on the activity and what it is that we'd like to achieve, that can really help. Lots of people suffer with this problem. Um, And I think... The word failure has just got lots of negative connotations and lots of negative, uh, lots of negative, lots of negativity around it. And actually, I think the first hurdle is not to think of failure as a naughty word. Yeah, what what is? 
See, as you can see from that we're demonstrating in this episode, Sandra, right. we fail all the time. In fact, we do it regularly <laughs> per episode, but we just edit out the failures so you don't hear them. Sorry, my, my head was going faster than my mouth. I was thinking of all these things to say. Um, see, when you look at the word failure, I used to look at that as um, something that I personally hadn't achieved and I wasn't good enough. But actually, generally now, I look at this word as in when I fail, actually, that is very often the biggest successes that I have. So I look at the word from a slightly different angle. So instead of looking at the word failure as in permanent, you know, you're done, that's it, you're not good enough. And I can honestly say that some of the biggest faux pas that I've made and mistakes that I've made, and you do in business, you just do because that's the way it happens, have actually been my greatest achievements and my biggest successes. So psychologically, when you look at the word like that, you can look at what you've learned from that experience and how you can ensure that you're going to not make those same mistakes again. And very often they can be for the better. Yeah, and the, the biggest successes come from taking the biggest leaps, don't they? Mm. Um, they're the scariest ones to take. And the first one, like Sandra's doing, is going to be super scary. Uh, but if you do make a little failure and you do fall off the wagon for one of a better expression then just get back on work out why you fell off and then make sure you don't do it again it's you know it's it, it's a learning process and um you kind of it's funny isn't it how i get this all uh, i hear this quite often that it's the teachers yeah. who have a problem with this because it, but then they're teaching this stuff to their students all the time some of this i do think stems back to school when you do a math paper or an english paper and you would have fail marks, you'd fail. You'd, you'd have to reach a certain level for a pass or a fail. And I think that's a, a lot where that stems from because that's quite black and white, it's quite clear cut. You either pass or you either fail. But in business, actually, failure cannot have such a negative connotation. It can be, um, I look at it as a learning, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the opposite. So, Sandra, you're in luck because we've got loads of back episodes that uh, talk about this subject, which can be really, really beneficial to you. So we've dug out a few clips that I think you'll find really useful. And have a listen to this lot. This is the Big Little Business Show. We're taught that, you know, getting something wrong and not knowing something and failure is a, is a bad thing. We should be making mistakes. We should be putting it out there. We should, have a, we should have an environment where it's okay to get something wrong. And instead, we have this environment where, you know what, if I, I have to be perfect, or what will happen? You know, um, I, I start, probably started with education, didn't it, when we were at school? I remember being told to sit on an upside down bin because I couldn't get a maths problem correct. I made the same mistake two or three times. And the teacher's method to help me to deal with that was to bring me to the front of the class and make me sit on an upside down bin for the rest of the lesson. Not to understand, well, okay, Mike, why do you think you're making that mistake? What goes through your head? Let's look back at the problem. When do you, when do you think you start to make the mistake? Aha, moment of discovery. No, sit on an upside down bin. Make me hate maths. Yeah, I think trouble. We think about it. They're just reinforcing that you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And after time, that must really have a quite a significant impact for people. Yeah, and in business, in business, what we do is we constantly compare ourselves with other people. Mm. 
First of all, people are only ever showing you the best bits of their business. They're not showing you all the crap that's going on, all the problems and all the infighting and all the challenges that they've got with the staff who are all, you know, leaving and going joining competition and that customer who you're terrified is going to leave you because, you know, so you have to cut your price again, but you can't afford to cut your price, but then they're going to get it from somewhere and all that stuff that's going on. Everyone just puts their best face forward and they usually do it on social media. So it's like the polished version um, and to, to actually put your hands up and say, you know what, I'm struggling. This is challenging at the moment. is very, very difficult to do. But we need to, we need to create an environment where people feel comfortable doing that. Just saying people should do it isn't enough. As leaders, we should be creating an environment where it's okay to talk about stuff, where it's okay to say things aren't brilliant. 70% of what we do in our life is away from what we want. 70% of the things that we do are restrictive in nature. And I was studying the work of an author called L. Ron Hubbard. And what he said, he said that every single living organism on the planet has one thing in common, and that is to survive. And what I've learned over my life is how do you survive? You don't die. <laughs> and so yeah. the majority of the time is we're avoiding pain, we're avoiding pain, we're avoiding danger, we're avoiding things that could hurt us, kill us, or bring us to the end of our life really quickly. But that doesn't mean we're focusing on what we want and where we want to go. So in business, 70% of the, business, uh, the decisions we make in business also turn out to be wrong in the fullness of time. But because we have an ego and we don't want to look vulnerable and we don't want to make a mistake, what happens is we don't admit our mistakes and we fight to try to make them right. But ultimately, we fail because we're holding on to something that hasn't worked. We're digging a hole. We're digging a well where there's no water and we just keep digging a deeper hole. So 70% of the things that we do in life are the wrong things. And we know this today. We've known it for hundreds of years. And we have to take this back into our awareness in business and realize that mistakes are okay, but we've got to learn from them quickly. And like the Turks say, the Turkish say, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking down the wrong road. Stop, turn around, go back. And we've got to learn to that in business. This is a really interesting and very important topic. Um, and I'm sure we, we have people listening who are thinking, okay, I feel that I need to now stretch myself to maybe broaden my horizons, you know, do things new that I haven't been doing already. To be fair, some people have been forced into this situation as we're speaking now. Maybe they haven't felt, they don't feel they've had control over making those changes, but maybe listening to the advice that you've shared are thinking, well, maybe I could, maybe I could reach, reach up and push the top of that box open and uh, dip my toe in the fear of the unknown. If they're just on the fence here, maybe thinking about, am I ready? Should I? I'm not sure. What, what advice would you give to them as a starting point? The, th the first thing we need to do is we have to accept that we are co-creating in this. So all the decisions you've made consciously and unconsciously have brought you to where you are today. All the decisions that you've made in your life consciously and unconsciously have led you to this message on this podcast today. It's not by chance. You've made decisions. You've failed to make decisions. You've made decisions unconsciously. You've failed to make decisions unconsciously and you're here. If you, were, if you weren't supposed to be here, you wouldn't be here. And so we have to accept that 
we've played a role in all of this. And now we get to determine what it means to us. So we have to change the internal dialogue. Our internal dialogue determines how we experience anything. And I love COVID-19 because it was only a couple of years ago, Claire, where I was traveling from Taiwan to the UK and doing trainings. And I would go to the UK and I wouldn't sleep for a week. The only way I could get to sleep was to have a couple of pints of beer, but then I'd wake up all drowsy and then I'd do my work. I'd come back to Taiwan and I couldn't sleep for three weeks. So I'd drink half a bottle of scotch a night to try to knock myself out. And then I'd wasted a whole month of my life. And then I was sick six times a year. And I said to myself, gee whiz, I wish I didn't have to travel anymore. A couple of years later, COVID's here. I don't have to travel. Wow. And I haven't been sick the whole year. My health is incredible. I go to bed. I wake up. I go to bed. I wake up. I don't have to go to the doctor. And so secretly, there's some part of me that's been hoping for this. And there's a lot of people out there, Claire, secretly, and they're really not happy with the relationships they're in. And they've been at COVID-19 and they go, gee, I couldn't spend another day in this house with this SOB. (laughs) (laughs) We better move on and get divorced. And it's set them free. The divorce rate Mm. has gone up by about 60%. Congratulations, you've made your decision. God bless COVID-19. A lot of people have been doing a job that they have hated and they haven't liked it. And they've said, thank God I don't have to go back to that workplace anymore. I don't have to catch two hours on the tube into the city, back home. I don't have to leave before the sun comes up. I don't have to come home after the sun's gone down. Thank God. And so secretly, if you're really honest with yourself, there's been a part of you that's wanted this. And if you just take ownership and say, you know what, secretly I did want this. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to be in that relationship. I wanted to be free from all of those things. You got it. And once you get it, you go, wow, I'm powerful. I think I might have co-created that. And then see what happens is I used to live in the Middle East and I used to work with a lot of people who were from the subcontinent and they would say, namaste. And I said, what does namaste mean? And they said, it's the God in me honoring the God in you. And see, God creates. And maybe, and I'm not saying this is true, but Maybe you're part God and maybe you played a role in co-creating this. Maybe you wanted it to change your life and the whole world has not conspired against you, but conspired for you. See, there's two ways to look at the world. You can have the world that's conspiring against you, that everything is a plot to kill you and hurt you and harm you. Or you can look at the world with a benevolent worldview and say, the world is conspiring for me. COVID-19 is here to improve my relationships with my children. Did you know, Claire, the average person spends more time brushing their teeth than speaking to their children? Did you know that? That is Imagine that. We live in a world where people spend more time brushing their teeth than speaking to their children. Mm. Imagine how many happy mums and dads are here right now. And let's go back to what I said before about the imprint period. How many little boys and girls are going to have the unconditional love of their mum and dad right now. Mum and dad are home. I get to sit on their knee. I get to play with them. I'm getting approval and praise from my father. He's been at work 18 hours a day. I've never seen him, but now I've got him here. I think our world's going to get better. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. 
Vigo, Sandra and anyone else who seems to be having that kind of a problem and is a little bit fearful of failure. I hope those clips and some of our advice has helped uh, to put things into perspective. And look, the conversation doesn't have to stop there either. If you feel like you need some more help, uh, then come and find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Big Little Business Show. We're on Facebook. Just search for Big Little Business Show there. You can do that on LinkedIn too. Or just drop us an email by going to the website, which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk, because essentially that's what we're here for. Uh, We both have small businesses. We've both been doing it for quite a while and know what kind of problems uh, are really are really common for businesses to bump into um so and and if we can't help you we know some people who can there's something that really stands out for me with this um question is sometimes we don't need to know the answers to everything i think sometimes a lot of people want to seek clarification and seek answers and sometimes they're just not there so sometimes it's okay to not know the answers um and actually work towards that goal to find the answers that sounded a bit deep. But. Yeah, yeah, no, well, no, it's deep, and there's nothing wrong with going a bit deep, Claire. Uh, but you're right. Uh, sometimes, I think we talked about this on the show last week about what to do first. Mm. And a lot of people feel like they need to get everything mm. in line first before they start their own business. But just like you said, you know, get the first bits right so you got the you got the thing rolling. You're on the way, and then learn how to do the other stuff. Um, well, you know, yeah, while you're in motion, while you got the business up and running, so yeah, just take, you've taken that first leap, and that's the biggest part. And uh, yeah, don't be excited, but don't be scared of failure because failure is not something to be scared of. Absolutely. Next week, providing Claire survives her second camping trip without her <laughs> hair straighteners. I don't know. I'm not so <laughs> sure. You know, I'm pe- I'm actually getting panicky thinking about it. I think I might just pack them anyway. Uh, so next week on the podcast, uh, it's our final summer short before we start going back to our full length episode in September what colour should your logo be? Yeah we've talked before haven't we about how colour can bring certain emotions and certain messages to people but there's so many people that ask the question about what colour should their logo be and it has so many different there's so many different ways of looking at it uh, what type of service you're offering and actually what information do people get from just the colour let alone the details on your logo seems like a simple question but actually it's it's quite a sensible question there are lots of answers to Mm. give and we'll be digging deep and finding out some of the answers and helping someone else out next week and then telling you next week about what we've got lined up in September because we've got some great guests coming up in September as we go back to our full length episodes but that pretty much does it for now you can still keep in touch even though we're kind of on our summer break kind of ish uh, and Claire's off camping I'm sure she'd love the distraction if you wanted to get in touch with her while she's away <laughs> pretending to enjoy her camping experience uh, you can get in touch with us via Instagram Facebook uh, LinkedIn all the other resources and uh, we're kind of out of here Till next time say goodbye Claire bye bye The Beat You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Big Little Business Show.